rolling. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1,127. 98 degrees on this day in 2001. At 45 degrees on this day in 1972. I have a note from Tracy Chase who writes, Hello, looking for information on the company you mentioned that sells chemicals to control lake weeds at the cabin. Okay, uh, I don't understand why you would not know that that's Aquaside. We've been talking about it we for years. We talk about it every day. It's Aquaside. Those products are made in White Bear Lake, Tracy, and they're not just for lakes at a cabin. They're for all lakes and swimming holes, and the products are easy to use. They work quickly, and they're safe. What you do, Tracy, call Aquaside. Tell them the problem you uh, believe you have up at your place. They'll get you the right products, and your swimming beach will look great the rest of the year, and then then you're on board for next year, and you know how to control these weeds and algae and unwanted vegetation and all the junk that's making you uh, wonder what company we're talking about. Tracy, it's Aquaside. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Chris Reavers, Manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. Two uh, unfortunate health-related items. Anna from Matamita, I could use your good wishes and prayers. She is... Uh, uh, having a bit of a struggle, and Anna, of course, is a longtime GLer. Uh, rarely, if ever, like Big John, missed right. a live event. Was she the first listener to receive the GL medal? Uh, that's a good question, Rook. Who got the first ever Garage Logic Hall of Fame medal? It had to have been either her, or Big John, right? Uh, I, that's that's a that's a mm. good guess. You know what, Big John would know. Yeah, he probably That's a good point. Yeah. He'll chime in. Uh, you can find more about Anna on Caring Bridge. Anna Tyrell, T-Y-R-R-E-L-L. Good luck, Anna. And we have an injury in the world of the demolition derby. And I saw this, and I had a quick... I was quickly taken aback, hoping it wasn't our guy Matt. It's not... Uh, it's a driver in northern Minnesota was hospitalized after his vehicle burst into flames Friday Ooh. at the Pine County Fair. And uh, I think the guy's going to be okay. He's only identified by one name, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. In the circuit, maybe he just needs only one name. He was airlifted to Regions Hospital. He's in stable condition. Uh, he was able to share a message. Yes, I had a fire top layer on. I don't know what that means. Yes, I was airlifted to Regions Hospital. Yes, I was sunburned prior to the derby, but unfortunately the fire did get to me and cooked me a little bit more. I appreciate the well wishes and the prayers. You were all amazing. I love my family and the sport of demolition derby very much. Good luck to all the drivers. Hopefully I can join you guys again in the future. Until then, I'm laying low. And it's update. The Pine County Fair wrote, We stand alongside our community and wishing him a swift recovery 
and we look forward to seeing him back seeing him back at the demolition derby in the future please join us in keeping jeremiah in your thoughts and offering him well wishes i would imagine matt matt knows this fellow mm-hmm. matt is our uh, garage he campaigns a car yep. with garage logic on the side uh, you could no longer identify the car it looks like a little square suitcase <laughs> Something someone would pick up and leave home with it. because it's uh, it's so uh, scrunched up. Uh, I have a guest uh, rookie for you to book for the fair. What do you have? Nancy Ford. You'll recall we talked to Nancy Ford. Is she a candidate? Yes. Yeah. Uh, she was a city council candidate in Minneapolis, and she is again in Ward 12. She's tired of the crime on Lake Street. She's unwilling to include shoplifting and break-ins as part of the cost of doing business. She's leaving Lake Street and moving south a mile and a half to 42nd Minnehaha. Remember, she has a small shop called the Repair Lair. That's if your zipper goes out or yep. your backpack needs fixing, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I'm going to leave this with you. Copy that. And uh, I would love to talk to Nancy again. She might have some uh, hippie tendencies. Sorry. But so what? Mm-hmm. She's a businesswoman. Spirited woman, too, if uh, I recall. Spirited, small businesswoman. And she's uh, she's speaking as a GLer. She's tired of the riffraff and the and the B as in B. And I hope I hope she has better success this time, gaining a city council seat. How is everybody? Did you have Kenny, did you have a nice weekend? <laughs> you can mind your own business, pal. What I did on my weekend. <laughs> Is not a concern uh, of you. Got any plans for the week? You can go straight to hell. <laughs> oh, we should mention, uh, speaking of plans, there are a couple of tickets left. We are 96%. 96. Okay. Not 95%. Out. No, six now. Uh, for the Garage Logic Town Council. Th- Wait, what now? No, the celebrating 30 years of Garage this Logic. This is open to everybody, not just the council. Monday, August 14th at the Chanhassen Dinner Theater. Uh, we're going to do the lo- the show at 730, but dinner starts at 530. Tickets are just 40 bucks, and it does include dinner. So go online, garagelogic.com. When you get to the show page, just click on Get Tickets. You'll see it right there. There. It's it's hard to miss. Okay. To I will website. say this, Such. I think I might have embarrassed myself, um, but I'm going to let my friends uh, John Height and Don McLean work me through that on this week's Krabby. All right. So you're not going to share with nope. us what what? Nope. You have, have to been, listen on Wednesday. Might have embarrassed hmm. you. Yep. Uh, I noted this story, and I thought to myself, if I was a professor or a teacher in the failed academy, and I personally yet was not failed, because there are professors and teachers who just roll their eyes and shake their head sure. at the at the perplexing dynamics of the failed academy. But if I was in that position, it, you, hell, it could even be high school, I would, I would uh, uh, I'm going to use an old-fashioned term, I would mimeograph this story. Mimeograph. Remember those mimeograph. things? Mimeograph sure. machine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Splatter the blue yep. ink all over the room. Yep. <laughs> I would. I would demand. Not demand. I would. I would hand this story to every student who entered my class because you're all worried about your pronouns and you're worried about safe spaces and you need a rooster to pet because you got a <laughs> test coming up right. and you're just a mess. <laughs> and uh, this is the story of uh, Nigerian stowaways who gripped the ladder of a ship and made it 14 days across the Atlantic. Holy cow. Wow. 
And you what? people are worried about whether you're going to be called he or they or she or them or whatever the hell you're worried about. You have no idea. Remember the video of the Afghanis trying to cling yes. to the, oh, airplane the airplane that was taking off? Yes. yes. The kids in this country don't know how good they have it. Here are four, here are stowaways. You ever seen the rudder of a ship? You can't yeah. lay down on it. It's I'm not that wide. It right, right now, it looks like it's about as wide as a two by four. Right, and you, you cling to it. They ended up drinking ocean water. Ooh. They ended well, up in Brazil. Well, well, that's not what my headline well, says. Well, they drank urine and ocean water. Right from the tap? Hey, now. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> they uh, There were four of them. You know, oh, comes in, he, he, he's <laughs> trying to run a show, and John, I got this you... hillbilly up there wondering John, if it's right from the John, tap. John, when did you get the text? Is there a time on the text? Uh, I don't know. You've been waiting, though, haven't you? Text yes. from a Nigerian yeah. story? It's it's 12-12. I sent the text at 12-05. 12-05. What did he text you, John? The same, he just used the same joke and, uh, that he used on, on the podcast, and he's been waiting ever since. Laying seven, in the weeds. Seven minutes. Well, Kenny brings up an interesting point. When they got to Brazil, then are you asking, you know, like when you crash a keg at a bar do you I ask for the tap uh, handle i, mean, I haven't <laughs> i haven't finished the story there's more they didn't know they didn't know where they were you know listen listen you're making some good points i'm sorry uh, that you. i ruined it with my uh immaturity i'm sorry if you're offended if i'm offended no I, i'm truly sorry for, for they the thought being. they thought they were going to europe well, little did they know they were they were not. They ended up in Brazil. They were rescued by Brazilian police in the port of Vitoria near Rio de Janeiro. And they, they admitted they did not know where they were. They fled Nigeria because of the state of the economy, political instability, and crime. Okay. Uh, there was a 35-year-old, a 38-year-old... Uh, it's 3,500 miles. Wow. Sheesh. And what they did is they tied themselves to a net they set up on the ship's rudder to prevent them from falling into the water. They made sure they were quiet to avoid being detected by the ship's crew because they figured if they were caught, maybe they would be thrown into the water. So they taught themselves never to make a noise. And, uh... It was an experience, and and I I just there's a lot of people who desperately want to escape their conditions, and you softies in the failed academy, you have no idea. You you cry and demand a safe space because someone with a conservative thought might want to give a talk on your campus. You're worried about your pronouns, and your tests cause too much stress, and you need anyway. Uh, you've never clung to a ladder of uh, rudder. Wow. I'm looking at the picture right well, now. Well, there's not much to cling to. No. 
I get the same feeling about that story that I do when I saw the buoys and uh, barriers go up in the middle of the Rio Grande a mm-hmm. week or two ago. And it still hasn't stopped people from trying to get into the United States. And these kids, like you say, and the teachers and the failed academy, they all hate this country so much. Mm-hmm. But yet people will do anything and risk their lives and the lives of their children just to get here. But as time passes, they are discovering uh, mimicry of that which they fled. We continue to uh, to go down the wrong road in many areas, mm-hmm. and you're leaving uh, you're leaving oppression and you're leaving destitution. And uh, granted, uh, you are not oppressed in this country and you don't have to be destitute but we're we're exhibiting that in many in many areas and uh we the the immigration thing is a touchy subject because basically we don't appear to have an immigration policy right buoys in a river is not much of a policy or you could swim under them right but then, well, what about the mom with a baby? She doesn't know I what to do. I thought there was. There's no netting under them. I thought. I don't know if there's netting under them. Uh, well, I guess just, I assumed there was. If they're just buoys, then yeah, they're you know with a car deal. engine holding them to the ground. Right. Uh, just swim under the damn things. But then, what do you do with a baby? You yep. can't. The baby can't hold her breath. And uh, in fact, I think there's been some cases. Yeah, where, but few people have passed. Yep, where mom has lost. Mom and the baby have been lost. That isn't much of an immigration policy. No. Could we have one? Do we have a... Well, we have the people in place to make sure that that well, happens. We, we don't. Among the people we have in place... Can I say a word about Dean Phillips? <laughs> what do you want? I learned today all I needed to know about Dean Phillips. He hasn't been around much. He has quickly embraced the... Uh, Life on the third rail? Life on the third rail. Uh, I don't know Dean personally. Uh, somebody must have gone up to him at a cocktail party and said, hey, you you, you could be president. And this idiot actually is believing that. <laughs> I think it started <laughs> off with them saying, you know what yeah. you should do? Well, I don't know if he drinks or not. Oh. Oh, the, the person who approached him right. might have done that. Right. But, but Dean was apparently uh, on one of the Sunday morning shows was asked about this, and he he thinks he's capable of being president, but he doesn't know if he's on the right, uh, if he doesn't have the right team in place or the right path to follow. But where, where I really learned a lot about him was he said he thinks, he didn't endorse Kamala Harris for president, but he said, I think she has the qualifications to be president. Ah. So that just tells me two things. Dean, you're mm. either lying or you are mm-hmm. an idiot. Because... That's not true. Or both. Yeah, you, you, you can't. So, Dean, you've disqualified yourself as a guy. You know, you need to be candid. You, you, I watched a documentary, uh, and John did too, about David Geffen, who's probably either was or still is the most powerful guy in, in Hollywood. Music, yeah. He started in music and then theater and then movies. He started DreamWorks with Katzenberg and Spielberg. And and he got to where he is, John, help me, uh, by not ever 
being afraid to be candid. No, he, he was always candid, especially with artists. <laughs> he was pleasantly ruthless in that regard, mm -hmm. if, if ruthlessness can be pleasant. Sure. He just suffered. He did not suffer fools gladly. So what's wrong, Dean, what's wrong with you saying, you know, I've heard uh, Kamala Harris. I've met her. Uh, I think she's a complete moron. <laughs> oh, God, no. No, these we, you're going against learned, the company line then. No, we've learned again and again and again. They don't. Uh, uh no way. You're either uh, with uh, us or you're against us. Well, but that's my point. That's my point, Joe, Dean. You would have showed me something by being honest. They only say that from Iowa forward to the nomination, and then after the nomination, they forget <laughs> everything they just said yeah. the last six months. That's a good point. But yeah. I cannot now take Dean Phillips seriously. I just can't. You took that? Did well, you already? I, I haven't been paying much attention to Dean. He does not represent my area. Uh, he might be a nice enough fellow. I don't know much about Dean. Family money, right? Yep. Spirits. Yeah. And, and, yep. And, but here he said, Kamala Harris has the qualifications. To be, no, she does not. She does not. And you didn't have the balls to say that. You 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 failed miserably but in that you, regard. You do see why he said. Of course that. I do. I okay. guess I'm naive in in expecting them to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yes, what, you are. What he said that statement to me is Dean saying, "I would love to be her vice president." That's what he's saying to me. Okay. Well, here is Kamala Dean. Uh, in case you haven't heard this, Kamala is going to explain to us on today's episode oh, of Here's no. Kamala Harris. Here's Kamala Harris! <laughs> She's going to explain to us community banking. Oh, good. Oh. And so for years, we have worked to expand investment in community banks. Because you see, community banks specialize in providing loans and financial assistance to small business owners. In particular, those in overlooked and underserved communities, including rural communities. And as the name suggests, community banks are in the community. Right here. <laughs> they understand the needs of the people they serve. They understand the capacity and the opportunity, such as the capacity and the opportunity of this community. Okay. So wow. community banks... Are in the community. That's right. They serve Didn't it the community. Sound, it sounded like she was reading directly from Wikipedia. Yeah, she, she, everything she said was a fact. That's a great point. She always sounds like an eighth grader that didn't do any of the homework. She looked it up real the, quick on the yeah, way to school. She copied and pasted on a, on a Google document and then just read <laughs> that at the podium. AI. Uh, AI terrifying me. Ooh. North American Banking Company does not endorse that particular viewpoint of the vice president. No, are they coming up today? They are. Well, why don't you do it right now? No, then we'll no, take I'm a break. I'm not prepared. You're not see. prepared. I'm not no. prepared. <laughs> All right. Although there are many different models of community banking, the goal is always located in the socioeconomic growth of communities through the sharing of resources. So she she took she Wikipedia, Wikipedia and rewrote it, or her speechwriter did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rook, what did Donald say? That he's going to jail for us. Uh, yes, he okay. wants. He wants to go to jail for me. Yes, for oh, you. Okay. In place like, of you. Gee, yeah. even though you haven't done anything wrong. No, like this guy who died on the cross for our sins. <laughs> yeah, what a hero.
Well, the guy who wow. was born on Easter in yeah. 1830? Best Easter <laughs> he was born. <laughs> yeah, 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 I guess by some... By Jesus like and the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Oh. Isn't there something about the Air Force during the Civil War? They were there. They landed. Yeah. Yeah. I they find landed. That oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> My new garage door guy is the family. Minnesota family-owned business, Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities. They take care of everything, including the springs and the rollers and funny noises. And they're, you're never going to come out some cold winter morning and your door won't go up. If you have them tune it up, check it out. They even pair your opener to your car. I've always had trouble with that. That home link deal in mm-hmm. a car, yep. eh, I usually need help with that. You know, can be difficult. It, it, uh, I don't have it, uh, but one of the cars in the family does have it. But they could probably fix it so all the cars in the family have it. But I don't have it. Precision Garage Door, they're available on weekends. They don't charge more for weekend visits. They're available in the metro and western Wisconsin. And it's the entire family, the Garage Logic family. And if you're looking to uh, up your curb appeal, they've got doors. You can get a door, any kind of door you want. It's nothing. They not only fix garage doors, they install new ones. Get help online at PrecisionDoorMN.com. Hey, GLers, this is Pete Arnold from Hire a Pro. You know, the company that helps you be your own contractor so you can make the roofing company profits instead of the roofing company? I've got Chrissy here. So, Chrissy, why are you in my commercial? You helped me replace my roof. How did that go? It went great. You educated us on how everything worked, showed us behind the curtain, so to speak. And after our $25,000 roof was replaced, we walked away with almost $6,000 for the work we put in. And what work was that? Uh, well, we got the permit and we picked the color. Hire Pro handled everything else. You did a great job, and I'm not even being paid to say that. If anyone's listening and has a storm damage claim, call them. Don't hire a roofer. Hire a pro. That's awesome. I, I appreciate the kind of words, and I, I think you just made up our new motto. All right, Joe, you're up. So if insurance has approved your roof replacement, give these guys a call at 651-402-3400 or visit them online at hireadotpro. That's hire, uh, and then put the dot there, pro. I love it. <laughs> All right, I'm rolling. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Suchere. GL, uh, it is a boom town, isn't it? It's been well established That's New around. Dillon. Uh, it is New Dillon. Very 80s esque. Bring it up, Chris. Lionel Richie, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I wish I would have went to that. Yeah. Blue Motorsports, well-established, one of the most exciting showrooms in our area. Many of the models uh, right there, the ones that we really love, sitting right there at the Moon Motorsports showroom. And they're still doing their inventory reduction sale. It's going on now until the 12th of uh, August. And it's quite literally, there I said it, you got a foghorn whenever I say literally. Uh, but it is factually the 
biggest savings opportunity of the year. You can save up to thousands on the bike, ATV, or side by side that you might you might really want. And it's right in the middle of the season. I know a lot of you wait till the end of the season or the beginning of the season. Now is the time. Check them out at MoonMotorsports.com. Also coming up on August twelfth, the third annual Vintage and Heritage Show. Uh, it's in partnership with the VJMC. I think Joe is familiar with this Vintage Japanese Motorcycle Attended Club. Attended many of them. <clears throat> Displayed, you'll see, uh, displayed entries in many of them. You'll see not only old bikes, Japanese-made old bikes, but you'll see modern bikes with nods. It's kind of the up nod to the classic styling. You can enter your bike to win the coolest trophy, a custom-made Yeti Tumbler trophy. They're the best power sports dealer in our area, Moon Motorsports, just off 94, 25 minutes west of the Twin Cities, and on the web, moonmotorsports.com. I think I won... Three vintage Japanese motorcycle club trophies. Huh. And the trophies are giant wrenches with engraving on them. They're really cool. That's they're, cool. Hanging in, they're hanging with, in the Sushenheim. With uh, one of your Honda CBs? Uh, I think I won one for a GB500. I won one for a 350 Scrambler. And I oh. won one for uh, maybe uh, one other one. I don't remember which you one. You had a Scrambler? Mm-hmm. What year? 72 or 3. Cool. Is that the one you redid the gas Kind of Mountain on? Dew green. No, I didn't do any painting on bikes. I never did one. Cool. But I remember some, maybe it was the gas that was in the tank. You you, you had problem, issues with that uh, gas tank. I've had a lot of gas issues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not good. I do it to this day. <laughs> I'm not even doing motorcycles anymore. <laughs> Are you aware of the, uh, we still have the uh, Washington County Fair. It's a pretty big it's, one, isn't it? It's yeah. out Lake Elmo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, of all things, pleasant little rural, well, they're not so rural anymore. It's virtually part of the city. But they still have the Washington County Fair. And they had... Uh, a lot of trouble Friday night. They had to. There were gang fights and mm-hmm. arrests and ne'er do wells and and dust ups and kerfuffles and uh, no one got hurt apparently. And I don't believe there was any shooting. And I don't know who the youth were who were engaged. Uh, I, I, they were carefully not identified. Okay. Uh, but anyway, the uh, the fair went on, and I got a note from a father who took his kids Saturday to the fair, knowing full well of the the problems that he said uh, fights among young people reported on Friday night at the Washington County Fair. As disturbing as, the re- as these reports were, I took my kids to the fair on Saturday around 11 a.m. I'm submitting the following report. I'd like to report another fight at the Washington County oh, Fair. Oh, no. Around 2 p.m. Saturday, three kids assaulted their dad for additional ride tickets after he said no. (laughs) He had spent enough money and the well was dry. Another fight broke out a little later when an 8-year-old girl kicked her 12-year-old brother in the nuts for no apparent reason. (laughs) Medical assistance was not required. The boy was told to just walk it off. Based on the sincerity of the apology, the two youth will be under close supervision for the time being. Mm. Oh, dad signed a dad in uh, Elk, uh, Lake Elmo. Okay. So then, uh, rough fair. When fare. the kid was uh, asked, uh, who's nuts? What did he say? These nuts. 
I, you know, I, I play along with that little joke you always have. Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea what that's referring to. These nuts. Well, it's been a long time, hasn't it, Joe? <laughs> what is that? What is the? Uh, what? What is it? Is that some movie or? Why don't you reach down, give them a tug, see if they're still there. <laughs> Whose nuts are these? These. Never mind. Yeah. You know, of all the, didn't we have a bunch of issues at various county fairs last year? But this is the first I heard of any this year, unless you guys know of more. Right, because we shut down a number of fairs last year. I'm currently canvassing somebody who was there, and uh, this person has not responded yet. Uh, but I had not heard of anything. Happening oh, it's just a shame. It's just a shame when the uh, troubles of the urban sustainable core uh, leach out into the hinterlands. And these nuts is is an expression used to deliberately interrupt or divert a conversation. You do it that is well. Not a literal reference to testicles. Rather, it is used to figuratively to disrupt and show disrespect to whatever discussion is currently occurring. <laughs> All right. Wow. There we go. These. We have big news regarding the country's stupidity problem. Yes. Oh. The uh, motorists in the state of Oregon can now pump their own gas, but this has resulted in long lines at the pumps because people don't know how to. Nuh-uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These have got to be shut-ins that never travel out of Oregon, right? Remember the, uh, the uh, story we had of the fellow who... Uh, 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 the uh, Mr. Gizmo, Dr. Gizmo in the St. Paul paper. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. sure. The yeah. uh, Buick LeSabre where the fellow, uh, the uh, the uh, icon came out of an empty gas tank and the guy didn't know what that meant. I thought it was a female. You know, and I got a lot of mansplaining about that. No. And it could be that the guy just <laughs> never let the car get below half a tank in the hundred years he owned it. No. And so that's... suddenly the icon came on and he was startled. No, that doesn't work for me. That's right. still, yeah, no. Confused drivers caused longer times at gas stations in Oregon Friday after the state lifted its 72-year ban on self-serve gas. After 72 years, motorists in Oregon can pump their own gas, prompting people to express their nervousness and excitement on social media. Local stations gave residents step-by-step guides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On how to pump their own gas as residents instructing residents that the learning curve can be a huge change. Really? Step by <laughs> step? How many steps are there? The news comes after Governor Tina Kotek signed a bill on July 28 allowing people across the state to choose between having an attendant pump gas or doing it themselves. The law took immediate effect. It's about time it's long overdue, said Karen Cooper, shortly after the bill was signed. So that was a good, important quote to get in there. (laughs) Now, New Jersey is the only state that prohibits motorists from pumping their own gas. I did not know that. That's right. But think of their confusion. All the questions you get at these computer pumps, uh, use your reward cards, yes or no. Uh, Car wash, yes or no. Receipt, yes or no. And then the music starts, and then the advertisements start. Not a problem for me. Okay. I have pay-inside privileges at two stations. (laughs) Oh, God, I forgot. Jesus. We finally get to join the rest of the United States TikTok user, Ginger said. 
Another user commented how long the lines were in Oregon as motorists began learning how to do do it themselves. Wow, just wow. Does this country stand any chance of survival at all? Nope. While I was on my way to work today, I had to stop to get gas, and I quickly quickly realized that today is the first day that Oregonians are allowed to pump their own gas, TikTok user Sarah said. There is nothing that confuses an Oregonian more than pumping their own gas. You know, we're acting all high and mighty here, Such, but aren't you kind of surprised that Minnesota isn't on that list? Aren't you kind of surprised that they don't, uh, that this isn't an effect here? The new Minnesota, I'm surprised, but for my lifetime, I would not have expected Minnesota to be on the list. We invented but with this new crowd. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised with this new crowd. Uh, others expressed excitement about the new law. Today was day one where we were allowed to pump our own gas. I was super excited, said TikTok user Bethany. She wasn't just excited. She was super excited. Super. That was an, an elevated excitement. <laughs> yeah. Wait, and, and that's in her bio, that she's a TikToker? Yeah. Oh. The self-serve gas bill has divided Oregonians with some cheering on the law as a promise for speedier fill-ups while others saying it would remove jobs. A union representing workers at grocery stores grocery store fuel stations predicted job losses and called the law a blatant cash grab for large corporations. Mm. So we're going to, we found a way to go after the, the large corporations here. Okay. Here's my uh, question. Why would this have ever been a law? 72 years, they said. Why, why would any state have a law saying you can't pump your own gas? Although I will say this, I will say this. Uh, now that I think about it, we never used to pump our own gas in this state. Gas stations had full attendance. Right. Yeah, and that started changing in, what, the um, early 80s, mid-80s? So in 1951, that's when this law came in. Yeah. I, I grew up, uh, you know, in garage logic under the most charming circumstances. And you not only had a gas station... But you knew who owned it and who worked there. Warren Smith on Randolph and Fairview. Al Hardy in Matamita. You know what he did for entertainment on Sundays? Right. He took a, his beer and a lawn chair down to the St. Croix and planted it near a boat ramp to watch drunks try to get their boats out of the water. <laughs> that would be cheap entertainment. Yes. Yeah. Very cheap. Did you tip the gas station no, attendant? No. Okay. No. That was part of the deal. And um, then the other guy who worked for him was John the Boatman. And John could fix outboard motors. Okay. And John My guy would be was, the guy uh, you could hire in the winter. But he'd take the station Jeep down to the lake and plow a rink. Suits, huh. did they ask if you needed your oil checked? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. My guy, uh, Wade Service, always checked the oil yep. and the uh, windshield wash um, yep. juice. So Tim Ackroth and Mandan, if you're wondering. Tim Ackroth. Always had. Tim always standard. had. Uh, did guys, they always had the red rag, right? Yes. In the back pocket. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wipe yep. their hands. You'd give them the money or the card. You'd never get out of your car. you give them the cash or the card. They'd go into the station, come back out with you. Now, change. I dispute the getting out of the car part. Oh, you got out. Oh, you got out to walk around the car yeah. to check it out. Ding, ding. Yeah. You got out of the car. The old man would get out of the car. And he'd kind of shuffle around and yep. see everything was all right and then talk to Al while Al was filling the tank. You know what we need? We need a ding-ding hose. 
I've got to get one of those for my driveway. Boy, I'm having I'm having some nostalgic thoughts. I might have God. told you guys this before, but here's another way the world has changed. I I uh, I probably in two seconds could tell you who the current chairman of 3M is. I just have to look it up, but his name does not spring to mind. Much less do I know where he lives or what kind of life he has or anything. But when I was a kid, we all knew the chairman of 3M because he happened to live out Delwood Way in a house my sister now lives in. Hmm. Oh, nice digs, huh? No, modest by what you think of now as corporate CEO standards. Right. And his wife went to the same grocery store as all the other wives, and his kids went to the same school, same churches. You run into same gas station. And the old man would wait for him to get rid of his car and then buy it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's old school the guy, who, Whoever the 3M CEO is today is probably taking a helicopter to the point of some lake where he has a mansion and nobody knows who he is and he's well maybe he is part of the neighborhood but that's really changed a lot who rook the uh, Michael F Roman Michael Roman but David Gelertner was on to this when we talked to yes. him yep. it used to be that the people in the in the university were part of the neighborhood right. went to the same movie theater same restaurant same churches same grocery stores same schools and then they became isolated as the as the academy grew increasingly failed the academy became isolated from the rest of us you corporate take- CEOs isolated from the rest of us Take that right up to City Hall. Yes. I mean, when's the last time you saw the mayor? I have not seen the. This is not an exaggeration. I have not seen the mayor in public during his tenure. Same. My kids have. My kids ran into him at a restaurant once, and he was hail fellow well met. But didn't, I've never seen him in public. Didn't the CP accost who was it Norm or somebody constantly? <laughs> <laughs> Constantly berated Norm. I think, so he's he's probably the last one we saw I think, in public. I think it drove him out of office. He just <laughs> can't deal with it. Here her she anymore. comes again. Yeah. But what a what a sea change in American life. And it all began with me reading about Oregon can now pump their own gas. That that was the lifeblood of a neighborhood was the I, corner gas station. Such I thought about you yesterday. I was reading the police blotter for my little town here. And a nearby town, um, a uh, resident was complaining that there was a dog walking around, not on the leash. Oh. The owner was there. The dog wasn't on a leash. They called 911. See? Back it was under in, voice command. Back in the day, neighbors knew who owned each dog. Or we had community dog. dogs. Yeah, Splash, na- Splash, who lived up the hill, would. This is a true story. Mm-hmm. Could open a door in our house, go in, uh, lay down by my mom while she was working in the kitchen. When it came time to eat, she'd say, "Splash, you got to go home." Splash would get up, nose the door open, and walk back up the hill. It doesn't happen anymore. And that's why. That's why uh, there's wildlife in urban areas. Because there's no dogs to keep them away. And that's why all dogs you see now are neurotic as hell. Because they haven't been able to develop any social skills. (laughs) I've told you the story about our um, town dog. 
you'd see him up by the uh, up by the nursing home, and you'd stop and say, "Get in!" Yep. He'd jump in the back of your truck. You'd drive him down to the feed uh, feed mill. He'd jump out and go into the office. We got the town dog and GL two cycle. Yep, lays in front of the NAC hardware and lounge most days. People feed him. I don't even think two cycle has a home. Just goes from <laughs> house, goes to house, from house to house to house. Whoever is the most welcoming at the moment. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, I forgot to tell you about Washco County Fair. I saw a video on social. Do you know what a seesaw contest is? No, I know you what a drive, seesaw is. You drive your truck up on a ramp oh, that, that is I don't know. balanced halfway, and you're supposed to be able to balance this thing. This guy in this giant Ford, he gets up on it, drives right over it, has to go around and try again. His yeah. second attempt, he can't even get on the ramp. Huh. So he backs up, tears off, drives over a berm, and crashes right into a fence. Really? Gets tangled up in the Was fence. Was he hammered? <laughs> Gets tangled up in the fence. Finally, and you can hear, you, you don't see him, but you can hear it. <laughs> so he, he spins his way out of there. You see him backing over the berm and tearing off like a bat out of hell. And everybody in the audience started yelling at the cops and the security, get him, get him, get him. <laughs> he was S-faced. Oh, they they oh, arrested him right okay. on the fairgrounds and hauled him off. Oh, this used to be one hell of a yeah. country. Can't even have a seesaw contest anymore. <laughs> if you're blackout drunk. Yeah. Don't even let a yeah. drunk get on the seesaw anymore. <laughs> What the the CEO compensation uh, yeah. since 1978 yeah. adjusted for inflation has increased 1,322 percent. Isn't that from 1978 to 2020? And that's about <laughs> yeah, when the old man would be chasing Herzog around to buy his Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, I think it was a 78 Cadillac. Hey, Herzog sold it to him just to get him off yeah. his bed. Just, here it is. Take there it, it is, bud. Take it and quit bugging me. <laughs> Your dad would make an offer and he'd say, nah, how about a thousand less? Yeah. <laughs> Honest to God, it's totally different today. Totally different. Started slipping away. And we ain't going to get it back. Thank you for that insight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know what? That's brilliant. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you for the kindness. I would, I would love to hear John Hyde. Uh But you know what I would like to do? What? Both Kamala Harris and I agree yep. that there's nothing better than a community bank. And that's right. why I'm here for North American Banking Company. They are now my bank. I got tired of the big banks, and I know that you are too. So stop in at any one of their six locations and inquire. You can either see them at Roseville, 50th and France, Hastings, Woodbury, Shoreview, and their brand new location over there in Maple Grove. North American Banking Company offers the same online and mobile banking options as the other big banks, but with the unparalleled service of a community bank. And they are locally owned and operated, which means that loan decisions are made right here in the Twin Cities. And this helps business owners solve problems quickly and expand their business with confidence. So if your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or to solve a problem, turn to the experts at North American Banking Company. You can see them online, nabankco.com. That's nabankco.com. North American Banking Company member FDIC is an equal housing lender. 
not a Garage Logic town council member? Here's what you're missing. I was sitting in a chair Sunday night. I got out of the chair, and I've never experienced such pain in my life in my right leg, which would not work. Couldn't walk. Well, you're lucky that you just got checked out thoroughly. Guaranteed you were dehydrated. How much do you drink a day? A lot. No. 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 How much water do you drink a day? Probably not enough water. (laughs) It went from a lot to not enough. How much water do you drink a day? Oh, well, this was Sunday. You had two cups of coffee before 10. You count the holy water or no? Got a couple of NAs. No, that doesn't help. I had some that's, iced that's tea. Water. <laughs> no. Well, I guess that's I didn't have enough water. water. Maybe I'll I, buy that theory. I probably didn't have enough water. Caffeine, that could dehydrate you. Yeah, most, whatever. Most NAs will I don't water. care. Never mind. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. I'm coming in soon here. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Boy, he is playing with some new sounds, isn't he? Mm-hmm. What's he doing back there with that Jeez. guitar? I like that. A little that. wah-wah on it. A little, yeah. This is almost baby-making music. It's nice. Well, Bill's a, Bill's a big fan of the neo-soul stuff from early 2000s. Just a minute now. Don't start talking yet. I think I just made a baby. <laughs> oh. Waiting stuff. Waiting for my cue. So, I don't know here, GLers. I'm beginning to think that just having a spray bottle of seafoam bugs be gone in the wind in the vehicle. I think it's just some kind of voodoo that actually prevents bugs from smashing onto the windshield itself. As you know, if you were listening last week, I I drove home from Montevideo last Friday night, middle of the night, and you would think that the windshield would have been covered. It's just a small smattering of bugs in the windshield. It wasn't even worth pulling over, but it thwarted my new hobby of letting them build up until I can hardly see, just so I can spray it on and watch these things melt off and slide down the glass. That's a hell of a hobby. It is. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, it really makes this country bumpkin happy. It melts the sticky bond of the bugs to the windshield. They slide right down, and then you just wash them away simply and easily with the squeegee. You don't even have to put a lot of pressure on it. And they've turned this irritating side effect of summer into a fun, leisurely pursuit. I love it. Uh, obviously, now Bugs Be Gone, it's safe for all finishes. Don't worry about it getting on the paint. It won't do anything. It's non-toxic. It's a water-based formula. Uh, it leaves no film or haze when it dries, but I'm telling you, it's some kind of magic voodoo because it really works. We can use it on anything, any kind of organic substance that falls on your windshield, your paint, your bumper, um, your, I don't know, your pontoon, boat, golf cart, whatever. Just spray it on, wait a few minutes, and then wash it off and the bugs be gone. Just another wonderful product for our vehicles from the fine folks at Seafoam. Johnny Height. Thank you, Joe. And uh, I'm, I'm going to mention this even though we talked about it off air. Uh, it's uh, Lee Montville, Ted Williams, The Biography of an American Hero, a wonderful book about Ted I, Williams. I'd like to read that. Do you have it in hardcover? 
I do not. I think I actually gave it uh, gave it away okay. at some point. I read gave it, it to Reavers. Gave it to Reavers because he, he has no idea where it's at and he's never read it. So. Do you really up. have it, Reavers? No, John John loaned me a different book that oh. I have yet to read. Well, four about what, Chris, 10 years ago? We're getting maybe? close. We're getting close. to yeah. the, oh, It's a good anniversary celebration that we can You know what? Jim Bouton was still alive when I borrowed it to you. Or loaned it. I'm sorry. Loaned it, Joe. My my apologies. You hillbilly. <laughs> I like to read down by the crick. What about you, Kenny? <laughs> <laughs> Especially when the smell of manure is wafting through. <laughs> In news. A former Minneapolis police officer will spend just under five years behind bars for one count of aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter in the death of George Floyd. Tu Tau was sentenced this morning. His sentence will run concurrent with his three-and-a-half-year sentence at the federal level for violating Floyd's civil rights. One man is dead, another in custody after a crash in Minneapolis on Saturday. Officers from the Minneapolis Police Department responded to the intersection of Lindale Avenue South and 50th Street West just before 1 in the morning on the report of a crash involving two vehicles. 42-year-old Aaron Thomas Zack was declared dead at the scene. Law enforcement said he was driving a Mazda CX-30 that sustained significant damage to the driver's side. The report added the second vehicle was a Ford F-150 driven by 24-year-old Julio Armando Alvarado. Officials say the Ford sustained severe damage to the front end. Alvarado was processed for suspected intoxication, brought to the Hennepin County Jail, and booked for probable cause criminal vehicular homicide. Authorities say the investigation into the crash is continuing. Ramsey County judges dismissed a case filed against the city of St. Paul and the St. Paul Public Library that claimed they were violating state environmental laws in its effort to demolish the Hamlin Midway Library. The community group Renovate 1558 claimed the planned demolition violates the Minnesota Environmental Policy Act and the Minnesota Environmental Rights Act. That motion also called for a temporary restraining order to stop the city from demolishing or making preps to demolish the library. This latest ruling allows plans for the demolition of the library to move forward. Who are we rooting for there? I don't understand. I don't know. Okay. Star Tribune reporting the Dakota County Sheriff's Office is investigating how a man was able to slip away from two sheriff's deputies who were trying to transport him from Georgia to Minnesota last week. According to a news release from the Dakota County Sheriff's Office, two deputies went to Georgia Thursday to arrest 35-year-old Joseph Harrison Baines, who has been charged in connection with a felony harassment case. Baines was in custody at a Georgia jail, and the two Dakota County deputies took custody just before noon Thursday. But somehow... On the way to an airport in Savannah, Georgia, Baines escaped. The deputies and government agencies at all levels spent more than a day looking for Baines in the woods near the Savannah airport. They did find him. He was taken into custody Friday afternoon. Nobody was hurt. Dakota County officials did not explain how Baines was able to slip away yeah, from I the know. two deputies. I know. Wow. Laundry wow. basket. He was in the oh. laundry basket. No, it's always the woods. The woods. Oh, yeah, he got the, uh, yeah. He was out in it's the woods. It's always in the woods. This sounds like a movie that Charles uh, Grodin and Robert De Niro should yeah. star in. <laughs> you see those chickens back there? Good-looking chickens. God, that was a good movie. Oh, it's wonderful. Jeez. Wonderful. Not a bad line in it. Yeah. 
The uh, story you talked about a bit earlier, Joe, a few more details. Washington County Sheriff's Office beefed up patrols Saturday and Sunday after a brawl involving more than 50 juveniles and young adults broke out Friday night at the Washington County Fair. The fight began Friday night about 1030 in the Carnival area, according to Laura Perkins, spokesperson for the Washington County Sheriff's Office. The county fair was held in Lake Elmo from August 2nd through the 6th. Reports of how many people were involved varied anywhere from 50 to 100. They appeared to be known to each other. It was a fist fight. No weapons involved, according to authorities. Once deputies ended the fight at the fair, the brawl began again at the Holiday Gas Station across the street until deputies broke things up there. Two teenagers were cited for misdemeanors. A 15-year-old male cited for misdemeanor assault and an 18-year-old male cited for disorderly conduct. They were both Washington County residents. Patrols were doubled at the fair on Saturday and Sunday, and there were no other known incidents throughout the weekend at the fair. Are those county fairs uh, the test run for the big fair, do you think? Um, you know, the guy with the pork chop stand, does he go to the Washington County yeah, Fair and yeah. get it ready? to? You know, so basically, if you go to those county fairs, you might not know what you're getting because they're it's, testing. It's more of a test run for the farm kids and their I animals. I guess, yeah. Yeah. But you, you might get an undercooked pork chop. No, they're pretty. No, because no. they, do, they do that year round. They're going that's, to yeah. Different. That's their right. that's yeah. That's their summer gig. All right, much so like okay. much like uh, wax hands was supposed to be. Right. <laughs> right. Thanks, Ken. <laughs> my uh, but my employees failed. Somebody's me. Uh, ambition got a little frail. What was the last <laughs> county fair you attended in person, Mr. Mayor? I've never been to a county fair. Ever? Wow. Oh, really? Wow. Washington County Fair is pretty good, and Steel County. Steel County's good. That's the biggest. Well, let me ask you something. Huh. Why in the hell would I go to a county fair? Why wouldn't you? You've never taken the kids? I live in the wow. middle of a sustainable urban core. That's why. You get a little taste of country. You're a communist? Yeah. What in the world? I've never been to one. I ain't never seen one. Huh. Uh, that's about as anti-GL a statement as you could possibly yeah, make. Yeah, it's really bad. It takes a good two, three days to wash the uh, smell of uh, cow ass yeah. out of your hair. Though. I might have gone yeah. to the Dakota County Fair once. But okay. it would have been for writing Co- I was going to say a column idea? Something. I, yeah, I think I did go to the Dakota County Fair. Next huh. year, you are going to come and work the beer tent at the Rice County Fair with me. No, I'm not. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not. You, <laughs> not bad. You'll be L-I-V-I-N living. Mm-hmm. Some good good news from Fargo. One of those two police officers wounded in that shooting in the city last month has left the hospital. On July 14th, officers and firefighters were responding to a traffic crash when Mohammed Barakat of Fargo opened fire. Officers Wallen, Dotis, and Tyler Hawes were hit by gunfire along with bystanders. Standard Carly Coswick, Fargo officer Zachary Robinson fatally shot Barricade, who had 1,800 rounds, multiple guns, and a hand grenade in his vehicle when he ambushed the officers. Officers Dotas and Howes arrived at the hospital in critical condition. Police Chief David Zabalski said several days after the shooting, the two received significant injuries. They were lucky to be alive. Well, this past Saturday, the Fargo Police Department shared a video of the 28-year-old Dotis walking unassisted through Sanford Medical Center with his family to a large applauding crowd. Exiting the hospital, he signaled his appreciation by placing his hand on his heart. Hawes, meanwhile, continues to recover at Sanford Health in Fargo. John, do you have any additional news on the 12-year-old who died at, at the hands of a gun left in the house. I do not. I did not bring that story with well, me. Well, I'd like to discuss story. it for a moment. Okay. Uh, the mm-hmm. kid's name was Marquis. Uh, look it up, Rook. Help me. Uh, right. It was in St. Paul. 
And wasn't uh, it a, a, a known? No, it was the he was a twelve year old, and the house was full of kids. Apparently, that day was going to be his birthday day, and a fourteen year old yep. uh, got a hold of a gun that the fourteen year old either brought into the house or the gun was in the house. And this uh, child died horribly as an accident. And the uh, Marquis Jones, Marquis Jones, and the uh, the television news institutions have been all over the story and inter- you know the uh, capturing video and audio of the of the uh, the family uh, you know, distraught, and all of a sudden, uh, the Black Panthers were involved. The, uh, a, a, the guy was wearing a uniform and the whole deal, yeah. uh, a Black Panther, and he was calling for the uh, 14-year-old to, to give himself up, which apparently that happened, and now the family was demanding that the 14-year-old be released because it was all an accident. But I guess the point I was leading to is that these this family, distraught, obviously, terribly distraught, they were yelling all the things, all the common slogans that get yelled at uh, that any incident of this nature when someone else might have been at fault. In other words, they were yelling, sure. we want justice. Uh, we want, the, and it, it was, and I just felt so bad because I kept saying to myself, well, who do you want justice from? This was all intramural. Internal. This, this had nothing to do with, this had nothing to do with white police. It had nothing to do with uh, outside agencies. This was a terrible, unfortunate situation that developed because a gun was in the house. And, but all of the remarks are, are almost from, you know, central right, casting. Right. You know, we want justice and we won't rest. Say his name. Uh, that was another one. Say his name. Okay. Everybody had to repeat Marquis Jones. Jones. Say his name. Uh, okay. Uh I, I, yeah, don't, I don't know where I don't going. know where I'm going with this except the the family was mimicking the same reaction you get when a loved one is lost due to other hands due to other reasons does that make mm-hmm. sense yeah mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. now they were left uh, parroting these same phrases and same uh, the emphasis on the same things only there was nobody to blame. There was there was no outside right, right. agency to blame here. This was uh, strictly the uh, responsibility of uh, or uh, lack thereof uh, of uh, whoever unfortunately uh, had a gun available for these children to uh, ultimately and inevitably uh, an unlocked gun. They began playing with it in some fashion. And the next thing you know, it went off, and now you lost a 12-year-old. This was at well, 5 a.m. 5 a.m., yeah. It was really early in the morning, and uh, or really late. it was a bad deal. And I feel Is that, terrible. Were they addressing the adult that owned the firearm? Is that what Not it was? Not in there? the uh, Star Tribune story. No, I... We still don't know. I don't think we know the source of the firearm. Relatives of Jones said the shooting was accidental. It was an accident. We just don't know how it happened said Charm Hill, a niece of Denisha Hill, the boy's mother. Mm-hmm. Denisha Hill said her son, his brother, and a cousin were staying overnight at her mother's house. My mom always has her grandkids over, she said, as relatives gathered in the alley behind the home. 
The uh, Channel 5 story says family members said someone they know placed a gun inside the home without their knowledge. But we have no idea what that means. No clue. No, we don't. And uh, I I don't know what to say except mm. it was... It was, it was... Uh, I don't even know what the word is. It was interesting to hear if you tuned in and didn't know what happened right. you would think you'd have drawn a separate conclusion you would have come yeah. up with a different conclusion if you just tuned in and didn't know the facts you would have thought oh I, this what what is this grievance this grievance is directed uh, the grievance was being directed outward when the whole episode was inward right there okay i'm done uh, i'm done go. i'm yep. done commenting on it though. gotcha why don't we take a little time out mm-hmm. well we can because i'd love to tell you about minnesota masonic charities and uh, specifically what they're working on this month and as you well know by now from me telling you minnesota masonic charities just one of minnesota's leading service organization another great example of what they do the masonic children's clinic for communication disorders it's located in duluth they provide early identification treatment and support for childhood communication disorders and have helped thousands of families unlock the world of communication for their kids since about 1900 amazing work by amazing people if you'd like to learn more i've got a website where you can poke around it's masonicchildrensclinic.org masonicchildrensclinic.org if you want to get involved they're holding a golf tournament on the 14th that's in duluth call this number 218 390 0864-218-390-0864, or again, go to MasonicChildrensClinic.org. Minnesota Masonic Charities, compassionate, committed, and oh, so capable. From high atop the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, we're celebrating 30 years of garage logic. Thanks in part to North American Banking Company. Say, Minnesota has a new poet laureate. I saw that. Joyce Sutphin says poetry distills the world in a real special way. And she was named by Governor Dayton. She will serve as the new advocate, lover, and promoter of Minnesota poets and poetry. You like poetry, Billy? Uh, yeah, I like poetry. I mean, you know, I'm more of a traditional fan, I guess, though. I don't like it to get weird. Roses are red. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's got to rhyme for me. Otherwise, it's not really working. Sutphin lives in Chaska and teaches creative writing at Gustavus Adolphus College in St. Peter. And she intends to host several events around the state to showcase the work of other Minnesota poets. And she also plans to use the honorary unpaid post she won't be in any $2,000 a night hotel suite swilling no, vodka, will no, she? No, that's not in the budget, baby. Uh, she'll use the honorary unpaid post to help Minnesotans get a better sense of how poetry can slice through the world's complexities. She's 62. Uh, congratulations to her. She's been uh, published. She uh, has published several books, including Naming the Stars, published in 2004 by Holy Cow Press. In okay. Duluth, hmm. right? And that work went on to, min, to win the Minnesota Book Award for Poetry. So congratulations to Joyce Sutphin, the new Poet Laureate of Minnesota. Is, is poetry, are you supposed to um, find a deeper meaning, or does it just read what the, is it just whatever the words say, that's, that's how you're supposed to read it? I have no idea. Oh. I'm not... Uh, 
I'm just really not much of a poet. Do you ever write poems? I mean, do you ever just try and maybe, you know, Never really have. aspire to, no? Never really have. Okay. I love the poems of a guy named Robert Service. You'd be doing yourself a favor to look those up. <laughs> Why is that funny? You know, I'm telling you something. Oh, I'll Google up Robert Service and watch you read some poems you about reds as are red and violets are no, blue. No, no, no. They're manly. They're uh, ad- about adventure. and. I was walking down the trail one day when I saw a big beer, so I jumped on some hay. <laughs> You know, I apologize have, uh, you know, to uh, Robert Service. Published again, Robert Service. And his descendants. <laughs> I think he's a Scotsman by way of Canada. Ah, oh, let me tell you. I was having me pint at that, the old that's what they bar. Are. And I tried to run, but you know I drank so many. You know I couldn't you know run far. You know what? I'll tell you what, you're going to suffer So now. I went to the Google, and I looked them all up. And then I tried to get Rookie to shut the hell up. Robert Service. I, yeah, I want you to do this because I want to hear what kind of. Um, okay, we're gonna find one. Poetry is what you like. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Uh, I can't do this during the fair week because no, that's that's okay. We'll uh, we won't be able to do this. Uh, Robert William Service, born January 16, 1874, d- died September 11, 1958. Hmm was a poet born into a Scottish family while they were living in Preston, England. Here, I'll just grab one. Right off Please, the... Yeah, there's one called Fighting Mac. Fighting Mac. Right. Then you'll see how much mockery you got in you. A pistol shot rings round and round the world. In pitiful defeat, a warrior lies. A last defiance to dark death is hurled. A last wild challenge shocks the sunlit skies. Alone he falls with wide, wan, woeful eyes, eyes that could smile at death, could not face shame. Alone, alone he paced his narrow room in the bright sunshine of that Paris day, saw in his thought the awful hand of doom, saw in his dream his glory pass away, tried in his heart, his weary heart, to pray, O God who made me, give me strength to face the specter of this bitter black disgrace. The bum brawls darkly down the shaggy glen. The bee-kissed heather blooms round the door. He sees himself a barefoot boy again, bending o'er page of legendary lore. He hears the pit brogue, grips the red claymore, runs with the fiery cross, a clansman true, sworn clansman of Rob Roy and Roderick Dew. Eating his heart out with a wild desire, one day behind his counter, trim and neat, he hears a sound that sets his brain afire. The Highlanders are marching down the street. Oh, how he pipes, oh, how the pipes shrill out, the mad drums beat. On to the gates of hell, my Gordon's gay, he flings his hated yardstick away. And it goes on like that. Here's to the red, white, and blue! Well, he was Scottish. Oh, dang it. Shoot. He was Scottish. Did he beat Mac? Here's just the uh, opening lines of one called A Busy Man. This crowded life of God's good giving no man has relished more than I. I've been so goddamned busy living I've never had the time to die. So busy fishing, hunting, roving, up on my toes and fighting fit. So busy singing, laughing, loving, I've never had the time to quit. Okay, give me one more short one. Just to give me a little sample. I like that one. No, I know. I mean, it's just grabbing whatever the Google has offered. 
give me one to take us into the break. It's called uh, a, The Bachelor. Okay, The Bachelor. Go ahead. And this is Robert Service. Why keep a cow when I can buy, said he, the milk I need? I wanted to spit in his eye of selfishness and greed. You know. I just want to give it a little more, you know, update it a little bit more. But did not for the reason he was stronger than I be. I told him, tis our human fate, for better or for worse. Yo, yo, Scotland, represent! That That man and maid should love and mate. And little children, nurse. Of course, if you are less than man, you can't do what we can. Word! You know what? Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. Woo! Take us out. 30 Years of Garage Logic is brought to you by North American Banking Company. A better banking experience. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. To learn more, go to nabankco.com. Join us all summer long as we look back at 30 years of GL memories. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Dylan, Dylan going for the country market. Suddenly. This is my favorite one. I think I know the answer, John, but I have to ask anyway. Yes, sir. Is Does he own a steel guitar? No. Okay. Does he own a banjo? Uh, he does own a banjo, yes. Am I hearing a banjo? You are, but you're probably hearing he's playing it on guitar, and there are things in the computer okay. that can make it any instrument you want. For instance, Jeez. he can make it a trumpet, he can make it a saxophone, he can make it a, a banjo. Flute? A flute? To make it a flute, sure. Anything, triangle? Any instrument. <laughs> probably a triangle, too, yes. Uh, those were probably Never all played on huh? guitar and Never keyboards, t- probably. In other news, yes, sir. In other news, Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis said definitively over the weekend that Donald Trump lost the 2020 election. He hasn't been willing to make that acknowledgement in the past, but on an interview with NBC News, he said, of course he lost. Joe Biden won and is the president. DeSantis has often sidestepped questions about whether he thinks the 2020 election results were legitimate, but in recent days he has started publicly questioning the lies that Trump and his allies have made about the election's legitimacy. Federal and state election officials and Trump's own attorney general said there was no credible evidence the election's outcome was affected by fraud. Former president's allegations were also roundly rejected by courts at the time, including many by judges that he had appointed. 250 years ago, (laughs) our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whose full name, you know, he was he was Jewish. So his full name might have been like Christowitz, but God rose him from the dead on a holiday we now call Easter. Not a lot of people know that, but it's it's called Easter. It's when Jesus and the two Corinthians met the Easter bunny and came back from the dead. So, you know, it's a beautiful story. Very important for the Christians like me. And I have decided I'm announcing today 
we are going to bring back the economy on Easter Sunday because God, who, to be honest, is, you know, he's a good God. He's done but. some some strong things. Some, let's be honest, his record is like not so great, though. Uh, <laughs> he brought one guy back on Easter Sunday and it was his son. So it was kind of like biased. Oh, Lord. Uh, J.L. Coven, oh, for God. those who are wondering oh, who that. is that impersonation, oh. it's a pretty. Uh, that might be my favorite yeah. one. Oh, my That's, word. Yeah. yeah. Speaking Christ of the. Christ Christowitz. Speaking of the economy, grocery prices could start falling in 2024 or at least stop rising so rapidly, according to the early forecast from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. That would provide major relief for inflation-weary consumers after the cost of groceries rose 11.4% last year. That's the biggest annual jump in nearly 50 years. That's the most optimistic scenario. According to the USDA's range of estimates released last month, the price of food at home could fall almost 7% or could rise up to 9% in 2020. Pretty much both options, huh? Yeah, pretty much. They say it all demands, uh, depends on the massive uncertainty, uncertainty about the global food supply, energy prices, and consumer behavior over the next year. All I know is one bag brought home from the store can be about 70 bucks. Yes. Just one bag. Yeah. Yeah. When you shop or when no, she I don't shops. shop. I say how much was that bag, and then then I get the report. But the thing with that seventy dollars, if you and I went out and yeah. got that one bag, it'd be a hundred and eighty dollars. You are absolutely correct because yeah. I I would just throw stuff in the bag and not yeah. really know. Especially you know. if just, if you had to go get cheese. And she's a big yeah. Uh, yeah. she's a big proponent of shopping the perimeter. What's that mean? Stuff's cheaper on the perimeter than it is in the interior. The end caps? Just the perimeter of the store, for some reason. I don't think this is a secret. No. It's just the way the grocery stores work. And if you want something that's on sale, that's that's advertised, typically that's at the back of the store. So you have to walk by other stuff to go get it. You know what else they do? They use coupons. Yeah, I always get I always get the did you take the five dollar off coupon? It's like no. not nah, left it in the truck, forgot all about it. I do make a big mistake when I buy cheese. Yeah, you walked out of there with that stuff's a sixty dollar wedge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> William Friedkin, the Oscar-winning director who brought chilling intensity to two generational touchstones of the seventies, has died. Uh, he directed uh, oh, one of the best movies ever, The French Connection. Oh yeah, and he and he also directed the demonic possession freak out, The Exorcist. Oh, he was yeah. eighty-seven years old. A talent agent at Creative Artists Agency uh, confirmed the death, but didn't have any further details. He was nicknamed Hurricane Billy for his turbulent personality and raging ambition. He emerged from the Chicago slums, determined to get noticed. He entered show business as a TV mailroom gopher at the age of 16. A la was, Geffen. Mm-hmm. Geffen-like background. He was soon directing programs and grabbed the attention of producers with the documentary that helped save the life of a black death row inmate in Illinois. In a checkered filmmaking career spanning 50 years, he was regarded both as a cinematic pace setter responsible for those two, uh, for those two box office juggernauts and a director who struggled to replicate the commercial and critical highs of his heyday in the early 1970s. Who directed Bullet? Oh, let's see. Why do I have it in my Good mind question. that that was William Friedkin? Uh, Look that up. 
That would have been man, that, that would have been mentioned in his old bit though if he had directed Bullet. You would think so. Yeah. Peter Yates. Peter Yates. Thank Peter you. Yates. Yeah. Hmm. What a weird coincidence. I have pulled up in my Google search Steve McQueen Bounty Hunter. The movie was called The Hunter, the last movie he ever made. Yeah. Huh. Uh, have you William ever seen Fried that one? Who directed it? Um, William Friedkin? I don't know. I had this pulled up anyway. Oh. Another I, I movie, have not seen that movie. Another movie I had, uh, I watched the whole thing yesterday and then it re-aired and I had to watch a certain scene. Full Metal Jacket. Oh, Oof, I love it. Yeah. What high Joker. Oh, amazing movie. And two of the most, and I'm sorry, I've got to use this term, Such, the two of the most iconic scenes in movie-making history. Yeah. Give it to me. I'm going to. Give it to me. Yeah, he's looking. He's looking. Are back to back. Mm -hmm. uh, Matthew just referenced it. Hi, Joker. Oh, my God. And then so after happy. that scene um, ends, they segue right into, me love you long time. Yeah, amazing hey, movie. Baby, you got girlfriend Vietnam? Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick, amazing director. Anyway, I am I'm looking at uh, a whole big batch of what he directed, and oh, it, it was pretty, it was yeah it was pretty spotty after uh, the French Connection. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of movies I've never heard of. There's uh, To Live and Die in L.A. in the '80s, which was a eh, movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's not a lot. Twelve Angry Men, Blue Chips, uh, The Night They Raided Minsky's. So who is who is the director that Royce said um, the Garrison Keeler movie uh, killed him? Um, what was his Alt, name? Robert Altman. Do you agree that that was a horrible movie? I I, I, I remember I enjoying that it. movie. I, I didn't see it. Never saw it. Prairie uh, Home Companion, right? Prairie Home that, Companion. Yeah, I didn't think it was an awful movie. I uh, Racy hates it. I didn't. Uh, I don't know what I think about it. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was. You know, it's uh, Garrison's birthday today. Oh, it is. Oh, really? Is it really? Eighty-one. Happy birthday, Garrison. Such, I, I thought the movie was uh, really, really dark. The, oh, I didn't think dark. it was dark. I thought so. I thought it was terribly dark. Uh, are you going to see Oppenheimer? I certainly intend to as soon as I can see it in my own house. Oh, <laughs> I might go see Gabe it today. Gabe went and saw it. He liked it. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. not going to see Barbie, although I am curious as hell. Over a billion. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. Over the weekend? Yeah. You know, you mentioned Sheesh. you mentioned Full Metal Jacket, and that reminds me of Matt Modine, one of the greatest um, skits ever on Saturday Night Live, when he hosted the show. Phil Hartman reenacted that scene where he gives everybody all the nicknames. If you get a chance to look at that, it's funnier than hell. Okay, I did not. Uh, one more step on the showbiz ladder here, Phil Hartman. I didn't know this till Pee Wee died last week. That he helped him write a bunch of his early stuff. Phil Hartman helped Pee Wee. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I don't know why. But anyway, anywho's, uh, Russia. Both dead. Yeah, <laughs> Russia is launching its first lunar landing spacecraft in 47 years on Friday in a race with India to the South Pole of the Moon. Uh, why is that important? Well, apparently they think the South Pole of the Moon could be a potential source of water to support a future human presence there. The launch from the Vostokny Cosmodrome. 3,450 miles east of Moscow will take place four weeks after India sends up its Chandrayaan-3 lunar lander. Two. Two. One. One. Plus one. Plus one. Plus two. Rough, 
Rough terrain makes a landing difficult there, but the South Pole is a prize destination because scientists think it holds significant quantities of ice, could be used to extract fuel and oxygen as well as drinking Let me water. tell you something, Go. and you'll find out sooner or later. The moon's hollow, and there's a trap door in there, and there's people living in there. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. I watch Ancient Aliens. Uh-huh. Breaking, breaking How come news? when something hits the moon, there's a pinging sound? It's like hollow in there. I don't know. It's an alien uh, prop. They set that sucker up to look like a moon. I know one thing. The government set the government really set themselves up for disaster. They either have to admit that they've been hoodwinking us all along, and there is a aliens, and we've reversed engineered, or B. There isn't aliens, and this has all been one giant psyop operation. Mm -hmm. Either way, the government is screwed. Yeah, but it's but the me, government. Uh, Do you believe anything? No, that's why that press or that uh, hearing two weeks ago mm -hmm. to me was all BS. Mm -hmm. Let me. I, I have one story down at the bottom of my news that'll be related to all of this. We'll wrap up with that. Terrified villagers in a rural district of Alto Nene, northeast of Lima, Peru, claim they are under attack by seven-foot-tall armored aliens that bear a striking yep. resemblance to the Green Goblin from the Spider-Man comic books. Absolutely boats. true. According true. to the locals, according to the locals, these extraterrestrial beings have large heads, yellowish eyes, and they've been launching nightly attacks on the community since Damn July right 11th. Yeah, these guys are that. just, they're wasted on the molly, that's aren't right. they? They're that's just right. tripping they're balls. On, they're on the, the reefer. That happens. Community, community <laughs> the members say <laughs> they're living in fear, unable to sleep peacefully well, due to be. the constant threat. The allegations are made by members mm -hmm. of the Ikitu indigenous people who have described the aliens as being immune to their hunting weapons. Yep. The villagers are now urging the Peruvian military to intervene and protect them. Got bulletproof skin. See? Yep. They say the aliens <laughs> wear protective armor and have unique floating abilities. That's using, right. Using round-shaped shoes with a red light on the heel. You're damn right they do. <laughs> Community leader Jairo Avila said he these gentlemen... Know. These gen gentlemen are aliens. They appear to be armored like the Green Goblin from Spider-Man. Right. I shot I shot one of them twice, and he wasn't injured at all. He rose up and disappeared. Apparently, uh, authorities have visited the area and toured the location. However, they rose him from the dead. Yep. But he was biased. Any was evidence biased. was found to support the villagers. Is claim. this just an instance of the community coming together and uh, concocting a uh, promotion to get tourists there? No. Kind of like the big uh, no. ball of twine out in Darwin, no. one <laughs> of those deals? This is real. This is real. It's happening. Real deal? All right. And uh, be All careful. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, John. Thanks, You're welcome. Thanks, Johnny Cake. Uh, I got uh, some questions for you garage logicians. Are you destined to outlive your savings? Studies show Probably. the average yes. uh, savings is going to outlive their savings, <laughs> savings by almost 10 years. That's 10 years without a retirement income when you need it most. And that's proof conventional retirement planning advice has failed for most Americans. But... I got a little help for you guys, and I want you to pay attention because I am going to change your life. There's a better way to grow your nest egg. Bank on yourself is a guaranteed and predictable way to grow your hard-earned money. The retirement plan alternative gives you 100% control of your money plus tax-free income in retirement. Yes, tax-free retirement income. You'll know what your tax rate will be in retirement. Zero under the current tax law, which protects you from the coming tax 
next tsunami. You're in control. Unlike 401ks or IRAs, with Bank on Yourself, you get access to your money for any purpose at any time without any questions at all. So... How do you get your uh, hands on this goodness? Well, here's you go. You can get a free report with all the details on how Bank on Yourself strategy adds, guarantees, predictability, tax savings, and control to your financial plan. Here's the dope. Go to bankonyourself.com slash garage. That's bankonyourself.com slash garage. One more time, bankonyourself.com slash garage. And let them know you heard it on the Garage Logic podcast. Since 1985, Air Mechanical has served the Twin Cities for their heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical needs. They can also help you with drain cleaning, duct cleaning, and indoor air quality, serving the entire metro area. From general maintenance to full install, they got you. Furnace installs, boilers, heat pumps, garage heaters, and more, Air Mechanical employs top-trained tradespeople in the state of Minnesota. They operate with full integrity. They do things the right way, not the easy way. And their Total Solutions membership is like having Air Mechanical on retainer. Keep all of your home maintenance needs in one comprehensive membership. Select one tune-up a year and enjoy benefits like discounted maintenance, repairs, service, and equipment costs. Catch problems before they arise and keep your home's mechanicals running smoothly. We'd love it if you gave Air Mechanical a shout-out for any heating, cooling, plumbing, or electrical needs. Call or book online at thinkami.com. That's thinkami.com. The earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Only. Only? Only because they come to us all the way from where are the traveling Lymans today? They are in Elsund, Elsund, Norway. Hmm. Ah. Worldwidewaftage.com. And I also got a note uh, the, uh, uh, the, this day in history is causing me a lot of stress. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, because we get uh, a couple of emailers wanted us to know that uh, you told the story of Harrison Tyler still being alive, the grandson of uh, President uh, Tyler. On Friday, you recanted the statement and said the grandson died in 2020. While it's true that one of President Tyler's grandsons died in 2020, it was not Harrison. <laughs> Lion Lion Gardner Tyler Jr. died 175 years after his grandfather, John Tyler, left the White House. Harrison is still alive. Good luck, Juan from Saskatchewan. There's a picture of Harrison here. No, Harrison's the one that's still alive. And he's, he's virtually drooling there. He's got the head yeah, down. He's kind of drooling. Right. He, doesn't, he doesn't know he's alive. Right. So I'm very nervous about these things. Uh, on this day in 1915. Joe, today is August 7th. Towed by the Ottumwa Bell, the last log raft passed Winona. The sawmills downstream soon ceased operation. Hmm. And I mentioned this before. On this day in 1942, Garrison Keeler was born in Anoka. And on this day in 2015. Boy. Eight years ago on August 7th. Yep. After reaching the mandatory retirement age of 70, former Viking Alan Page retired from the Supreme Court. Why can't we do that with politicians? I wish we could. (laughs) Thank you very much, GLers. Hey, everybody. It's John here, and I want to tell you how you can eat stress-free this spring with Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals. You can get their fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes, 
weekly menu of 35 options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. And they use premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus for the no-fuss meals. And get rid of the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Just heat and serve. My favorite, the jalapeno lime cheddar chicken. Customize your weekly meals to get as much or as little as you need. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Head to factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 and use code garagelogic50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code garagelogic50 at factormeals.com slash garagelogic50. You get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. My button was down. That's why there's a delay. Uh, there is no delay on YouTube. Uh, you can go subscribe, subscribe. You can subscribe to Garage Logic on YouTube for free. Don't forget about the Garage Logic Town Council available at garagelogic.com, where you can sign up and receive all sorts of great insight. And you're you're part of a club. It's ten bucks a month or hundred bucks for the entire year, and you will be satisfied. I guarantee you that. Uh, what else we got going? Uh, the uh, Garage Logic 30th anniversary. 96% of tickets have That's been right. sold. That's right. That's a week a- from tonight. Chanhassen Dinner Theater. Oh, I wonder what we're having. I'm already hungry. <laughs> I don't think they intend to feed us. Oh, there's food. Yeah. <laughs> yum, yum. They got a kitchen at that place? Oh, yeah. yeah. They do. Oh, yeah. Good food.